Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. From the Palmetto Swamps, to the Piney Woods, to the Oak Flats, you're listening to the Louisiana Bowhunter Podcast. Hey guys, wanted to start this episode a little differently. Uh, number one, this is a special episode for us. Um, it's a little shorter than usual. It's not an opinion piece. There's not a lot of back and forth, you know, debate and, and whatnot. Um, but there's a very special young man out there that we were referred to by Alden Kaiser Lee, um, who is a stand-up young gentleman uh, that she respects greatly, and she thought we would get along with him, and we absolutely did. His name is Gavin Griffin, and also his father, Jared Griffin. They're from North Louisiana. Gavin is an 11-year-old, self-sufficient, solo bow hunter. Now, I know some 30-year-olds that aren't self-sufficient solo bow hunters, but this whole episode is all about how essentially to bring your child up to where they are kind of ahead of the curve as far as woodsmanship, how much they love the outdoors, and things like that. So this is a really special episode that shows you the relationship between a father and son, and I think a lot of us are going to relate to it. Um, Locks out this week. He was out sick when we recorded, so it's uh, it worked out great because I was able to get um, Gavin and Jared on separate phones so I could edit their track separately. But... Um, Y'all enjoy. Uh, Before we get started, this episode is brought to you by Relentless Boats out of Thibodeau, Louisiana. If you've been wanting a custom aluminum boat for your surface drive, for your outboard, even for your long tail if you want, you need to check out RelentlessBoatsLA.com. They're building some beautiful and extremely heavy-duty custom aluminum boats that you're going to be impressed with. So y'all check them out on Facebook and Instagram at Relentless Boats and also their website at RelentlessBoatsLA.com. Let's get on to this week's episode. 
All right, guys, episode 41 of the Louisiana Bowhunter podcast. Uh, this evening, we're on the phone with Gavin and Jared Griffin out of Winsboro, Louisiana. Um, and we are missing Locke Wheeler. He's out sick and uh, doesn't quite have the voice for the podcast this week, which ended up being kind of a good thing because we wanted to talk to this father and son team at the same time. And... Um, each one of them's on the phone, so we can uh, both, you know, have have good quality audio for both of them rather than them sharing a line. But thank you guys for joining. I uh, appreciate y'all uh, y'all joining me this evening. Thank you for having us. Well, um, so first off, tell us how old you are, Gavin. Uh, I'm 11 years old. You're 11 years old. And from what I understand, your dad has been taking you into the woods from just about your entire life. Am I right? Yes, sir. Well, um, so is a, a pretty special reason as to why we're talking to you is because whether you know it or not, you are a very special young man. There are not a whole lot of 11-year-olds that are, number one, bow hunting, and number two, bow hunting by themselves. So, uh you're pretty far out ahead of your peers. I got to tell you, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, he, he actually, uh, for the last uh, two years, last year, he, he uh, be bowed all the way up until the last two weeks of January. And then this year, so far, that's all he's done is bow hunting. He, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, he, he really enjoys it. Very cool. Well, um, you know, we got your information from um, Alden Kaiser McGee who uh, I know y'all have been hunting together for a few years, but um, Gavin Alden was on the podcast, which I know you listen to it and you look up to her a lot. She looks up to you also, has a lot of respect for you hunting, especially at your age and doing it as uh, as diligently as you do. So um, tell us a little bit about your season so far. What, what, what has your deer season been like in the woods? So at the beginning of the year, I killed a doe. Uh, she didn't go very far. She was about 80 yards and, uh, Nice. The next day, I killed another guy. She only had three legs. Three legs. Yes, sir. Wow. And then I and I hunted and I saw a few, but I didn't get a buck and I shot at one, but we didn't find it. And the next day, I went back and I saw another buck that uh, got like eight yards from me, and it was this really wide eight point. And the next day, I came back and I killed him. Nice. That's incredible. Yeah. So is that the one that your dad sent me a picture of? Yes, sir. Man, that's an incredible buck. So you're already having quite the season, my friend. Um, yes. So so uh, your dad sent me a picture of you in a tree by yourself. Or are you in a climbing stand? Are you in a lock-on? What are you hunting out of? I hunt out of a climber and a lock-on. A climber and a lock-on. So you're doing mobile hunting with a bow at 11 years old i gotta tell you you're uh you're pretty advanced that's pretty impressive gavin i'm impressed thank you so um so that that kind of brings me to what this whole episode is about jared you and i talked about this before the episode is number one we definitely want to hear from gavin and um you know what equipment he hunts with and and some of his um his uh his hunts and like you said he just killed a couple of deer but I think a lot of people, especially a lot of the listeners who might either have kids or young kids or even might have kids older than Gavin, might be curious, how do we do the same thing? How do we get our kids interested? How do we get them to where they are proficient enough with archery equipment to um, to hunt on their own? So 
um, you know, I'm going to kind of play, you know, I'm going to ask you some questions maybe from that might be going through our listeners' minds. And the first question I have for you is, you know, when you've got a son that's hunting in a climbing stand by himself, where are you? What are you doing that at that ta- at that time? So for for the first uh, the first couple of years that he he started to bow hunt with me, it's actually his first uh, his first bow hunt. He he uses API youth model climbing stand. They they don't even make them anymore. We uh, lucky enough had a friend that that had one and uh, he handed it down to Gavin. And since then I found one more. Uh, like I say, they're kind of hard to come by, but they're a small stand. They're really sturdy. They're just like the other API stands. They're secure. So he started at eight and climbing, and wow. we would we would safety him off. Um, he climbs up the tree and down the tree with his you know his safety wrapped around the tree. But he would put his top piece at eight. He'd put his top piece a little higher than mine, and his bottom piece would go in between my climber. And as I climbed, I helped him climb. Okay. And he actually missed his first deer uh, with his bow at, at eight, but. It was a good experience, and then at nine, um, we worked on the climber that summer between eight and nine, and got him a little better. And he got to where he would climb up right, like right under me, or either he would climb up right beside me, and um, did the same thing again. You know, when he got toward ten, and then now, this year is actually the first year that he started. He started hunting on his own, and a lot of times what we do is we'll get there. I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I help him get his stand on the tree, get it set up, watch him climb up. Like I say, our main thing is safety. So when he, when he gets on in the tree, he's hooking his, his harness up. He's got a, he's went to a muddy harness now, youth harness, and he'll climb probably 12 to 15 feet. And then once he gets his safety hung high, pulls his bow up, gets his air knocked, gets his bow. He's got a holder on the, on the, uh, on his stand and he's got a quiver holder on the other side. Once he gets everything in place and tells me, he gives me the thumbs up and, um, that's whenever I ease out and, and let him have it. So, so are you hunting kind of far away or a couple hundred yards or, or what? What are you, where are you headed? Like I say, uh, this year, this year is the first time that, that I've actually got out of sight of him. Um, you know, other than last year we would get, I've got a younger son and I go hunt with him and last year we would stay within about two or 300 yards this year, man, I've got, I put him on one side of the club and, and it's probably a half a mile, you know, back to another spot that we hunt a good bit, maybe even a mile. And uh, we go back there and hunt. We keep two way radios in case the cell phone signal um, is weak, but we also, he's got a phone that that's, that's really how he talked his mom into getting a phone. Uh, <laughs> we, we were using it for a safety aspect of, or in the woods because me and him have understanding that if I text him or if I call him on that radio that I need him to answer me because if, if he doesn't, I'm coming to check on him. Yeah. Um, but like I say, he, he, he knows how to get up. He hangs his harness. He hangs his harness up high enough as lanyard that if something happened, if he was to fall, he'd still be the same height as, mm-hmm. as his platform. You know, he couldn't really go very far. Yeah. That's great. Well, um, so Gavin, uh, how did you get so comfortable hunting out of a climbing stand? Because I know a lot of adults that are afraid of climbing stands. So, how did you get so comfortable climbing those? I think I got comfortable because, like, I felt like I was safe, safety and all and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I knew that my dad's been doing it for a long time, and he's been safe and stuff. So, I was like, I got comfortable and stuff when I climbed up there and safety it all. And I, knew I felt like I was not going to fall or anything. 
Yeah. So, um, so you've got an API. You know what's interesting about API? I'm pretty sure that they were um, a company out of I, I want to say Tallulah, Louisiana, for a long, yeah, long, yeah, long, long time. Actually, uh, just as a side note, I'd love to do. I'd love to find out either who owned them or who ran them or whatever, and and do a podcast about that company because so many people have their stands. They love them, um, and uh, of course they aren't made anymore. I've actually got. Um, I picked up a really, really cool stand. I'd never, I, huge impulse buy. Saw it for sale on Facebook Marketplace. Snatched it up as fast as I could. It is a telescopic, sixteen foot um, ladder stand, where the ladder is built in to the stand, and you like lean it up against a tree. But it weighs. It's so. It's crazy light. It weighs twenty four pounds, and it gets a sixteen feet. It's it's loud as all get out. You can imagine. I mean, all the clanking of it, but it's a very cool stand. And and I just I'd love to I'd love to do an episode on an API just alone because they were losing a company for so long. But um, so you've got those two climbing stands. Um, so do you ever you ever get worried or scared or anything like that? Like like something might happen or um or your dad's not within reach. How do you how do you overcome that? Uh. I think I'm not that scared because of my safety harness. If I didn't have that, I'd be really scared. Yeah. Absolutely. Me too. Yeah, me too. I, I hear you. I, I, uh, I agree with you a hundred percent. So, um, now do you practice in the off season shooting out of your tree stand to get comfortable shooting at elevated distance, at elevated height? At, uh, my papa has a shooting tower at his house mm-hmm. and during the summer. Uh, we'll go up there and shoot off the shooting tower, and we put a lock on up on the tree beside it, and I'll shoot at the targets out there. Very cool. That's awesome. So, um, tell us what bow, uh, what bow setup and and broadhead setup are you hunting with? I'm hunting with a Matthews Stoke. Yep. It's like a, like I guess my size. It's like pretty much like a. It's like a. One of them Matthews Halons, but just a smaller one. Yeah. And my broadhead is a. Uh, I'm using a Mitch Hypodermic Plus B. Mm-hmm. That's what I've been using this year. Very cool. So your Stoke, um, the Stoke is a is a cool bow because it is a it's a premium level youth model bow, um, and uh, it's not um, it's not like a lot of the the other you could say package bows that have a huge variation of draw weight and draw length adjustment to where you're kind of giving up. Um, you're, you're trading off peak performance for adjustability. The Stoke is a, is a high performance youth bow. So that's impressive. Do you, do you know what pound did you have it set at right now? We, uh, we think around 40 pounds, 40 pounds. That's great. Well, um, and, and then do you have any idea what arrows you're hunting with? Uh, Carbon Express Blue Streak 250s. Blue Streak 250s. That's great. Well, um, so you sound like you know your stuff, man. I, I, I you know, I, I bet I could call a couple of my buddies up right now and ask them what they were hunting with, and they probably couldn't tell me. So you know it down to, uh, you got it down to a science, man. Um, well, let me ask you this, because you, uh, you've been bow hunting for a long time. You're, you're young, and you're definitely passionate about it. What's your favorite part about bow hunting? I think the best part about bow hunting is you work a long time to kill a deer, and when you kill it, it's just like the best feeling. 
Yeah. Because you know it pays off at the end. Man, absolutely. I couldn't I couldn't say that any better myself. Um, man, you know, Jared, I got to tell you, man, you got a special boy here. He's he's uh, he's definitely something to be proud of for sure. So it's that is that is a incredible answer, Gavin. I'm proud of you for that, my, my friend. Um, Thank you. So so you've killed this year. You've killed three deer, right? Yes. Yes. Sir. Have you um you ever uh, have any hogs come by or anything like that? Yes, sir. Uh, I think last year it was I had a big group of hogs come by, and uh, they came out and I shot the mom and we actually found her a few days later. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, h- how many how many animals have you killed with your bow so far? I think I've killed six deer and a hog. Wow, that's impressive. Man, that's yes, awesome, sir. Gavin. That's awesome. So, um, so what? Uh, do you have any target bucks or anything like that on camera that you're holding out for now, especially since the rut's kind of kicking off in your area? Yes, sir. We have one eight point. It's probably 125 inches. Nice. It's our it's our biggest deer we have right now. But you never know deer in the rut. They can come out of nowhere. That's right. That's exactly right. That's you know. Um, uh, if you believe that, I know you listen to Alden's podcast with your dad, but um, y'all should listen to, um, I think it's episode three or four. Um, it is uh, with Frank Sullivan and Travis Links, and, and Frank Sullivan um, is who killed that big 227-inch uh, deer in 2016 in St. Francisville. Um, and, uh, one of the things that he says in the podcast is that, um, the early season, like first two weeks of the season is the best time of the year to kill your, your target buck. And then the rut is the best time to kill somebody else's target buck. (laughs) Yeah, that that, that definitely gets them on their feet. Like I said, if you can get them in the feeding pattern at the first part of the year, I feel like. Like you're talking about, especially with the cameras like they are nowadays, you can kind of pattern them and know where to hunt. But yet they slip by you after that. They could they could uh, wind up anywhere. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, you got you know your target buck could end up five miles away, and somebody else's could end up in your lap. You know, um, so uh, are y'all going to be hunting this front that's coming through this weekend? Probably. There yeah, we uh we, we should make a trip this weekend. We've been uh the, the water on the Mississippi River's kinda had us backed out a little bit um we've been hunting some of my younger boy trying to get him a buck since uh you know Gavin's already got his and we're gonna we're gonna go back and hopefully, like he said, hopefully now that the the deer's starting to push the does in the area, we're gonna try to get him uh get him on some a little better. We got a, a camp on a piece of public property that's close and uh gonna move in over there and see if we can't do anything on it whenever uh whenever it gets right nice well the i think the river's falling pretty hard right now huh yeah it took a it took a big fall it was uh we actually had to take a boat and go in saturday to the the property that we're we're on the lease on but um hopefully by this weekend we'll be able to we'll be able to drive in that's great well um so jared let's talk uh, let's talk a little bit about you and and um kind of your your history of hunting in general and then also hunting with gavin so um how long have you been bow hunting i, I killed my first deer with a bow uh, at 10 years old i i started hunting at, at around eight just like he did but i was i was unsuccessful till i was about 10 and i killed a doe and um after that like i say i 
I gun hunted a little bit, but mostly bow hunted because we grew up hunting public land. And um, at, I guess it's been 20 years now since I since I shot a deer with any kind of gun. I've been bow hunting only now for for 20 years, and I guess that's one reason that that he enjoys it because he sees that that's what I do, and you know we shoot in the evenings and um, you know kind of make it a year round thing. Yeah. And, uh, I, I think just growing up, whenever he was three years old, actually. You know, I wanted to take him hunting, and I, I set up a ground blind and got him used to it, set it up about a month early, and we went out there, and I actually killed a deer with him in a blind at three, and I drug him around a few more times that year here and there, and we never never did anything else. But like I say, that's I, I started I started taking him, and I will say that taking a kid that, that age uh, bow hunting is really tough. Yeah. Um, okay. it's, a, it's a lot of lot of things that can go wrong, and um you know it's not easy but that's that's all he's grown up around so i feel like that uh i feel like that that's one reason that he's encouraged to to bow hunt only that's great yeah absolutely and and you know you know what's interesting is um you know people uh he 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 can grow up bow hunting and it, it sounds like you're a fantastic leader and a fantastic role model for him it's clear that he looks up to you um and one of one of the things that I think eventually Gavin might need to figure out on his own is like it's one thing to start out bow hunting and you love it because Dad loves it and you like it for the same reason Dad loves it, but it's 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 almost important to clarify like what it is you like about some types of hunting and what what it is that you dislike about other types of hunting. But I, I don't know a whole lot of people that themselves or their kids start off bow hunting typically that is a um an end destination not a beginning uh if that makes sense so um that's a the whole the whole situation is unique man and that's one of the reasons why i wanted to talk to y'all was because um it's definitely i'll i'll say it it's only almost an enviable relationship that the two of you have with the outdoors at, at such a young age it's a, a very impressive thing it really yeah, is and, and like i say i i grew up uh i mean my dad did the same thing for me i you know that was that was back before the api stands when we had the old amaker stands with the wing nuts and the bee bars and, yeah uh i would carry the bows in and, and he would throw the bees across his shoulders and i don't know how he did that because i can tell you it's enough work now with uh <laughs> with being able to to pack the lighter aluminum stands and things like that. But yeah, I, I grew up and my dad took the time with me and, um, you know, showed me the sport of hunting and, and I really enjoyed it, really enjoyed bow hunting. I, I've just tried to, to give that to my kids and Gavin's been successful. He's killed, he's killed a 140 inch eight point. He's killed a 151 inch uh, 10 point wow. with his gun. And at that point, I think he realized that, Hey, it's time to pick my bow up and, and see what I can do with it. That's incredible, man. Well, um, so Gavin, are you uh, are you gonna stick with the bow from here on out? Or are you gonna are you gonna uh, bounce back and forth with the rifle? What are you, what are your plans? I plan to stick with my bow yeah. because I think I can I could go out there and kill a deer easily with a gun, but with a <laughs> bow, it gives me a little bit harder challenge, and it's a lot funner once Abs- you kill one. Absolutely. Have you ever heard the saying when you see a deer with your bow? the hunt is just beginning when you see a deer with a rifle the hunt is over <laughs> you know that's not a lie yeah because i mean when when you see when you see that buck step out or that doe step out with your rifle and, and you you can put it in your crosshairs it's it's pretty well a done deal 
Um, yep. But you can have a buck at 80 yards that you need him to follow an exact path to come into you, and sometimes it, 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 it somehow it always feels like they always follow that string in exactly where you want them to go, and it comes together, you know. So, um, well, that's awesome, man. So, um, let me ask you this: What, um, you know, what do you think that you want to get better at at this sport? What are you struggling with, or what do you wish you were more, um, a little, a little more, uh, a proficient at? I want to be able to shoot farther because my accuracy is really good, but I can only shoot twenty-five yards. And- yeah, so you say you can only shoot 25 yards right now? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's um that's so let me let me let me tell you something about that. Um number 1, I t- absolutely understand your desire to want to shoot farther. But um when I was when I was hunting with traditional equipment like longbows and recurves, um that's a maximum range for a longbow. Um, is about or, or, or traditional equipment is about 25 yards max range, preferably 20 yards and under. When you go hunting, and you know that that is the maximum distance you can hunt, that forces you to hunt in better spots. It forces you to hunt in areas where you truly feel like deep down inside, this is my best chance at positioning myself to kill a deer that comes from that specific area and 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 the reason why I'm telling you that is because I never ever struggled when I had limited distance equipment like traditional equipment I never struggled to find the perfect spot I was a little more picky but I, I never climbed up in a tree saying, oh, man, I wish I wish I was over there or, man, I wish I wasn't here. Like every time I climbed up in a tree with that equipment, shooting the same distance that you are, I always felt confident in it. Well, what happened was the next year when I went back to a compound, it opened up my world as far as shot distance. You know, I mean, I've I've killed I've killed deer past 60 yards and um, I've killed deer at three yards and and so when you hunt something when you're hunting a deer and you're trying to put yourself in position for what I call like an options stand where okay I'm going to put a stand here because over my left shoulder is a thicket out in front of me is wide open woods with palmettos and to my right is a 65 yard shot if I had to take it what I was finding was it's like the difference between man coverage and zone coverage in football, if you're familiar with that. What happened when I went back to my compound, I was hunting zone coverage. I was not on one spot for, for a deer to come through one direction. I was hunting an entire area, and because of that, I was actually getting farther shots because I wasn't putting myself in best position to take one or two shots. I was trying to put myself in a position to take three or five shots, you know, almost hunting a 360 around me. So does that make sense? Yes, sir. Yeah. And so, yeah. and so when I went, so I, I developed this, like, um, it's almost a, it's almost a complex. It's, I call it stand envy. 
which is like, you know, it's it's I related to like what I call entree envy. Like if we all went out to dinner with our family, you know, and I ordered something and you ordered something that I, you know, once it came to the table, I was like, oh man, I wish I ordered that. That looks better than what I have, you know. Um, but stand envy is where you're in a tree, you're in a tree stand, and you're like, man, I should really be over there. I should be on that tree or I should be in that stand a hundred yards away or I should be in that stand on the south side of the property or whatever. And so what it does, stand envy is a really bad byproduct of not having confidence in your setup. And so I, I totally, just to bring it back full circle for you, Gavin, I, I absolutely understand why you want to shoot farther, but you're going to have to trust me on this. There is a beauty to the simplicity of how you're hunting now and um, even though, of course, you, you're growing up, you're going to get bigger, you're going to get heavier draw weights, and you're going to be able to shoot bigger bows and, and, and longer draw lengths and all that stuff in time. And that'll all lead to, of course, further shot distance. But you will never forget the days where you could only shoot 25 yards. You'll never forget it. And there's a simplicity to that. And uh, just I just wanted to kind of point that out to you because, it, it you know, not everything doesn't always get better as you as they get bigger. You know, um, that's that's been my experience with it. And so I'm excited to kind of see how how your experience is with it as, as you get older. Yeah, we're, we're um, like you said, 25 is his max. We'd really like it 15 to 20 mm-hmm. um, it is a you know preferable shot. He. He actually shoots a uh, a pendulum sight, and that way he doesn't he can take his range finder when he first gets up there. He can find twenty five yards, and then he knows once once a deer you know crosses that line where he's ranged trees or bushes or whatever that uh, that it's in range. And then there we let the pendulum work for him. He doesn't have to he doesn't have to try to to pick out which pin you know trying to make it as simple as he can. Yeah. Um. And, and earn it like this, and and as he mentioned earlier. He's shooting at Matthew Stoke this year, and, and that thing's been uh, it's been a lifesaver. He was shooting a he, he started shooting a mission craze too, whenever he uh, first started hunting. But his groups with it were I mean they, they weren't bad for a kid, but it was you know they they were say I'd say the size of a volleyball at 20 yards. Yeah. And and now with that this you can tell the difference with this high performance bow. It's it's this Stoke has brought his groups down to he can at 20 yards he can put them inside of a you know a tennis ball. That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he's shooting really, really great with that. And then, like he said, I mean, you know, he, he wants to shoot farther because he, he sees, a, you know, us shooting in the yard and shooting long distances. And he's seen some good deer, had some good deer come in on him and uh, just been a little bit, a little bit too far. But we try to, we try to really watch, uh, you know, what we touch whenever we go in into the stand. We try to keep our scent down. Um, not necessarily, we, we don't worry about ozonics or anything like that. We hunt the wind, but as far as what we touch, whenever we're getting close to his stand, that way they're not, not alert and don't pick us up anything like that. Whenever they get on top of it. Yeah. Um, we, we really try to work that and work the wind. And, and, and like I say, he's been around it long enough. And with me sitting there with him for a couple of years on the other side of the tree, kind of telling him step by step what to do. He's, he's really impressed me with what he can do with a bow and arrow at 11 years old. I bet. Yeah. It's incredible. Um, well, so, so Gavin, you're, you're essentially learning how to be what we call a woodsman, right? Where you, you can read sign or you can read the terrain or, um, you can read, uh, okay, the winds out of the Northwest, I need to hunt on this side of the trail, right? Things like that. 
Um, so what, uh, you know, what's your favorite part about being out in the woods and, um, and just deer hunting in general? Like what do you, other than bow hunting and, and shooting deer with a bow, what, what's, what's your other favorite parts? Other favorite parts are like, I like sitting there and it's kind of quiet and you get to like enjoy all the things like you get to watch ducks, birds and all that. Mm-hmm. And you just get to enjoy the outdoors and it's just really nice. That's awesome. Well, good, man. Well, um, look, I, I, I don't think, honestly, I don't think that we've had an episode that we've gotten this much information this fast. And <laughs> I mean, I, I've, I really am enjoying talking to y'all. What question? Do y'all have any questions for me? Do Gavin, do you have any questions for me? I don't uh, have any questions. You don't have any questions for? Me? So, um, Jared, l- let me ask you this. So, you, you're, uh, y'all are hunting together a lot. Um, what's the next step for y'all? What What's the next step for, for Gavin and y'all hunting together? Man, like I say, we, we, uh, we just, I hunt with my boys every weekend. I, I make a trip up to the Midwest by myself and, um, um, Norman, whenever I'm at home, I'm, I'm hunting, you know, with them. I've, I'm out there in the woods with them, um, just about every weekend. I, I hope from here, like I say, he, he hadn't, he hadn't got to hunt the public land. I grew up hunting yet. Uh, I hope before the end of the year, I hope that we're, we're hunting that. And, and like I say, I'd like to get him. I mean, that was a, for 11 year old boy, it was a nice buck that he killed earlier this year, but man, I, I just want to teach him. I want to teach him the right ways to hunt. I want to teach him to be safe. We're, we're, uh, we're working on, you know, what sign to look for and, and how to set up on that and how to, how to figure out where to get that way. Man, you never know. Um, one of these days, he's gonna be hunting by himself, and he needs to he needs to know all that. Yeah. Um, even even little things like you know we have GPSs now and all that, but I'm still um, I make him get me out of the woods with a compass and things like that, just in case his GPS ever goes goes haywire. So, man, it's just passing on the proper way to to uh, to act whenever you're out there in the woods, and you know not not tearing up people's property. And, and man, we just uh, I look forward to the future of of getting him out there, get him on some better deer. I, I hope, uh, hope one of these days, I hope I'm sitting up there, uh, first of November with him in the Midwest, waiting on him to, to shoot something with his bow to put on the wall. Absolutely. If it doesn't happen here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, very cool, man. Look, I, I appreciate y'all joining me this evening. Um, and, uh, I hope y'all get on him this weekend. I think this cold front is going to have him stirred up. And, uh, from what I understand, um, y'all's area is uh, starting to get a little antsy with uh, with the deer running around, a little bit of chasing. I know a lot of younger bucks are on their feet, and some big bucks are falling, um, making themselves seen during the daytime these days. So I hope y'all have a, a, an excellent hunt this weekend. But, um, yeah, uh, I think, uh, man, we got a, a ton of information from y'all, um, and I think it'll be an exciting thing to watch Gavin only – become more successful as he gets older yeah that's right he he definitely uh he's definitely got it in him he, he you know i don't have to make him make him get up and go he likes to go and uh man every time we get the opportunity we're we're in the woods he he's um you know he, he's really to be 11 years old he's he's pretty advanced i mean to hunt by himself um he, he doesn't climb down out of his his uh, lock-ons or his climbers till i get there but but he even we were hunting some crp earlier this year and it it was a good buck coming out around some cattails and we brushed him in a, uh, a tripod mm-hmm. and in the afternoon I would meet up with him and, and man, he would walk in the dark out 
out by himself. So he's uh nice. You know, it's it's not many kids that uh that would want to be in the dark, but it doesn't doesn't bother him. So I've I've, I've been real proud of him so far. That's great. Well, Gavin, thanks for joining us this evening, man. I appreciate you you staying up and uh, and recording this with us. Thank you for letting me do this. Yeah, no problem. Well, look, let if you kill something, if you kill another deer, let us know. We'll post it up for you. All right. Yes, sir. Well, uh, Jared and Gavin, thank you all for joining us, and uh, y'all have a good evening. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Louisiana Bowhunter Podcast. If you have anybody you'd like to hear on the show, reach out to us at info at louisianabowhunter.com. And if you want to help support Louisiana Bowhunter, go by your local archery shop and pick up some merchandise. If you don't have any at your local shop, let us know and we'll reach out to them. Or pick up your gear at louisianabowhunter.com and we'll ship it out to you same day. See you next week.